If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Coffee and California Politics. Uh, so what's going on today? Anything we want to specifically talk about? Anything in the news recently? Um, yeah, so I guess bad step backwards um, for the state of California. And the thing I want to talk about today, specifically regards to this new mask mandate, is specifically, is has Gavin Newsom really shot himself? Has Noodles really shot himself in the foot when it comes to his victory lap that he's been taking and he's really been going out there and doing. Um, And just to start off this morning, I was a little worried. I went to the gym this morning. Um, Nobody wore a mask. Uh, So that was pretty great to see was that nobody was wearing a mask. There wasn't even, uh, they weren't enforcing it. They weren't asking people. They weren't suggesting it. There wasn't even a sign out front that said like, you just, you have to wear a mask. Um, so that was great to see. I was happy to see that, uh, my gym will not be likely enforcing it. And there were a lot of people who just didn't wear it. So I don't think I saw one person this morning at the gym wearing a mask, um, which means that people didn't want to wear masks and that they're pretty much over this, that even when the state says it's time to put the mask mandate in place, people are like, yeah. Um, so we talk a little bit first about the, the let's talk first about this mandate, right? So I've been discussing with a bunch of other constitutional attorneys and uh, really kind of getting into the meat of this and really kind of going over the discussion because it was sort of like a quick 24 hour turnaround to figure out what's going on here. And the general consensus, which I agree with, is that one, this really doesn't have any teeth and If someone were to ask me like what to do or what's going on with it, I would say there's really no teeth to it and there's really no enforcement mechanism. And um, that's all you really need to know as a private business is that they don't really plan on enforcing this. Even the Secretary of Health, uh, Mark Galley, said that this is really going to sort of be just like an honor system, that they really don't have anything in place for uh, for enforcing this. So that shows to me that there really is no punishment if you don't follow this. It sounds more like a recommendation than it does really an, a requirement. Um, so if you're a private business and you're thinking about whether you should comply or you should not comply or you should require people, then yeah, I would say that's what you need to know is that there really is no enforcement mechanism. And there's a lot of counties, I think, and a lot of mayors, uh, one of the mayors here in San Diego County, uh, yeah, I was just going to bring them up. The mayor of El Cajon, mayor of Coronado, both said that we're not enforcing it. We're not going to make our people go out and enforce it because really it comes down to your local mayors and your city councils. who are going to say whether we're going to expend law enforcement resources on this. And if not, then you don't really have to worry about it. There may be some people who run around tattle and there, you know, there's going to be the Karens and the people who feel like they're emboldened. Um, but in reality, I think there's a lot of people who are just like, mm, we're not really going to be enforcing this. And if the state really wants to do this, um, let the state do it. We're not going to be the enforcer of this. And this is something I heard on a, a podcast that I really like. 
And it was a really good point where I sat there and I was like, wow, that's a really good point. I never really thought of that before. Um, people are hired by the government to enforce laws and regulations and people apply for those jobs and they train for those jobs and they get compensated for those jobs. And those people want to do that. Now, the government actually saying, uh, you're going to do this and you're going to enforce our rules and regulations. Uh, okay. I didn't know I worked for the government all of a sudden. I didn't know I was on the payroll to enforce your rules and regulations. Uh, so why am I being conscripted or indentured servitude into your, your police work to go out and do this? And I think that's what a lot of local governments are starting to figure out is, wait a second, why are you basically telling us to enforce this? You're not giving us the resources to enforce it. You go enforce it. Like this really has nothing. This is not something we want to enforce. This is not something we want to waste our time or our budget or our law enforcement on. And business owners as well. You haven't been, you didn't agree to become a regulator or a police force for this mask mandate. You didn't sign up for it. You're not being compensated for working on behalf of the government to enact their rules and their regulations. And you should treat it as such, in my opinion. You should treat it as, well, I'm not getting compensated for this, so why should I go out of my way? And a lot of business owners, I don't think, want to really enforce this um, because they saw what happened. They saw how people got, they saw how business flowed. And I was reading an article yesterday in Orange County. Now, there's probably going to be a lot of compliance and county supervisors are like, there's probably going to be a lot of businesses that aren't complying, which is great. Um, but some people are worried that what they saw last year was that you had businesses that didn't comply and they got a majority of the business because people went there. And I know of several businesses here in San Diego that were not complying. They were not listening and they were jam packed and they were busy because people spoke with their dollars. They voted with their dollars on these issues. And that's what you're going to see. And I think a lot of businesses learned from last year in 2020 where they saw, wait a second, if I enforce a lot of these things, people are just going to go somewhere else. And especially during the holiday season, you want to make businesses make that hard decision of like, can I lose out on money? What if you're just getting back on your feet and you need every single dollar to get back on your feet? And now all of a sudden, um, they're telling you, you have to make this decision, which may alienate some of your customers and they may go somewhere else. What if you're a restaurant? What if you're a, you have a holiday party or something like that? huge holiday party all of a sudden just cancels because they don't want to come in and deal with the mask mandate and they go somewhere else that doesn't enforce a mask mandate. Um, and I was, I was speaking with someone yesterday and they were, we were going back and forth and we we're going over all of this and they asked, well, what's, you know, what's the difference between this and like other mandates from last year? And I say, in reality, I don't think there really is too much. Um, one, I think it might be just a memo that they sent out that really doesn't have as much force as we think it does. Uh, and second, maybe they don't really have as much force as we ever really thought. Like, if you think about it, there really is no way for the state to enforce everything that they're talking about, right? That they are that they can't enforce everything that they're talking about or that they're enforcing without the cooperation of the people and the private businesses and the local governments. So they could say... Well, we think you need to do X, Y, and Z. But if the localities and the private businesses and the citizens just push back and go, 
no, we don't plan on doing this and we're not going to do it. You can't force us to do this. Then they really have no power to do so. They really have no power and they have no ability to enact it. And that's, that's might be the biggest lesson of all with all of this is that at the end of the day, without the compliance of the people carrying this stuff out, the government really doesn't have too much power. They really don't. Like if you don't listen to them and you just look at these unconstitutional laws or these mandates or these executive orders that uh, they want to issue, you know, just like by fiat, not really by a legislative process. If we all just go, we're not listening and we're not going to do it, then the state really doesn't have as much power. Um, I see a lot of other accounts that always say it's always the consent of the government. And that's part of it is that you, they, they have the power to govern us because we give them the power. And if we all of a sudden turn around and go, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to listen to you. They really don't have any power. And I think you're going to see that over the next month. My prediction is that I don't think it's going to, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like 50, 50. My, my prediction is either on January 15th, it, it keeps going. Um, but I'm also leaning towards, they probably will stop it after a month because one, they want to pat themselves on the back because the number is already going down. And I, and I've made this point and I, I talked about this on the live on Monday when we found out about this, and I hopped on real quick. The numbers they're using are, they're lying to you because they're saying, well, it was a 47, our cases are up 47% since Thanksgiving. It's up 47% from Thanksgiving to the week ending in December 3rd. Now it is December 15th, which is more than 10 days ago. It's almost two weeks ago. And already from that date, we're down 25%. So we've already gone up 47%. We're already back down 25%. So we're already heading back down the trajectory. Um, and it's likely that this this OMG Schmariant is probably going to burn out because it's, as we, we're we starting to learn, it's not as deadly that people are getting over it really quickly. Um, but the numbers will likely go down. They'll go all the way down. And then people will, you know, in a month from now, they'll look at it and go, wow, look at us. Look what we did. The mass mandate worked. We got the numbers down. Leaving out the fact that the numbers had already gone on a sharp decrease before they even implemented a mask mandate. So again, this is sort of politicians taking credit for stuff that they really can't point their fingers to. Um, and again, we've talked about confounders and stuff like that and, and really looking at the entirety of statistics and the facts and stuff like that. Confounders are definitely something that if in a month from now, you're going to see the numbers go down and then you're going to see politicians like noodles go, we did such a fantastic job. Look at the mass mandate did work. Um, so therefore look at, look at what a great job we did. Um, but they're not going to talk about the confounders, the stuff that probably really contributed to why it went down, which is likely that Omicron is not as scary. Oh, I'm sorry. OMG Schmarian is not that scary. Um, and people are getting over it quicker. People are getting more natural immunity to it. Oh, I know you're not supposed to say that. Those two naughty words. You're not supposed to say natural immunity. Um, and 
they're going to pat themselves on the back because there's no reason politicians don't want to take credit for anything they can possibly take credit for, whether they really had a hand in it or not, or whether nature really just ran its course. Um, but someone brought up, do, do, do you think this is going to be him patting himself on the back so that he could run for reelection and possibly the presidency down the line? Um, Here's the point of that I want to get. This is really the top topic. I want to give you like the little background of my thoughts on what's going on with the mass mandate. Um, I think, that, and this is my opinion, I think that Noodles really shot himself in the foot when it came to a victory lap that he had really been running for a while. He could he could be happy with where he was if he could go back in time to a week ago when. He was on The View and he was patting himself on the back and he's talking about what high vaccination rates and all that he had. Um, he could have just ran it out. He could have just pat himself on the back, continue on this victory lap and got praised for his new children's book and all that stuff. But this week, I think he really kind of shot himself in the foot um, because one Going backwards is an admission of defeat in my mind. And I think a lot of people see it at that is at that way. Yeah, there'll be the, the, the couple people, you know, there'll be a, a handful of people who will say, um, oh, well, we need to do this. This is what we, you know, government harder, daddy and all that sort of stuff like the meme. Um, they're going to say like, well, we need to shut down again and we really need to snuff this out. There will always be those people who are like that. Those believe me, those status did not come out of nowhere um, they just became more pronounced. They've always been around. They just have become more pronounced since they, uh, since, since COVID has happened. Um, and you're always going to have these status who are just going to be like, yeah, uh, we need more government intervention and more people deciding in our lives. Uh, but I think a majority of the people in California look at this as going backwards and they're not happy about it because one, you had a lot of people who were very good about, they went, they got their vaccine, they got their first dose, they got their second dose, they got their booster. They did everything that the government told them to do reopened. We had this whole California's roaring back. We had this whole thing where noodles was at universal studio couldn't even get at disneyland which you know okay then you know you'd think you'd want to be at disneyland rather than universal studios um which is more symbolic of california uh and it was this whole like we we did it guys because of our tough policies and the way we handle this and because we followed the science california is back and we're fully open now putting this mass mandate in is an admission that we're going backwards and there's a lot of people who I think who are sort of in the middle. There's a lot of people who are in the middle who are not happy with where this is going. I don't think they're incredibly psyched about it. And I, you can see it sort of, you'll probably see it over the next couple of days. You'll see how many people enforce it. You'll see how many people really listen to it. Uh, but it's an admission that we're going backwards and that we haven't done everything we're supposed to. It's also an admission to the people who diligently listened to the government and did everything they were supposed to are now going, wait a second, I did everything I was supposed to, I stayed inside, um, everything, I, I I got the first tank or the second tank, or sorry, I've seen somebody talk about the tank, a full tank of gas. Uh, I got the first shot, I got the second shot, I got my booster, and um, and yeah, I, I did everything I was supposed to, but now all of a sudden you're telling me we gotta go backwards. And 
that may get a lot of people kind of upset because it shows that you're you're going you're going backwards, you're not going forwards, and you're not doing what you're supposed to. Um, also, for someone who bragged about that there was a 93% of the adult population who was eligible got at least one dose, that's what the number he likes to throw out there, uh, wouldn't that show that what his policy of getting people vaccinated is not really working as well as he thinks it is? And someone had sent me a substack where the highest increases are in some of the highest vaccinated counties here in California, that some of the least vaccinated counties are actually seeing decreases in cases as opposed to increases in cases. Um, so I think that that's to say, like, everything he's been putting out, everything that he's been saying, now all of a sudden is being contradicted by his own actions. Where last week he's saying on The View, we have this high vaccination rate, we have a low positivity rate, everything's good in California, we're following the science. We're an example of how you can get this done. Um, and we, we we don't really see any need. And he said that this was just a week ago, not even a, like he, this was just a week ago for him to say uh, that we're doing so well. And the and this is why we're doing so well. Uh, and everyone should be following our lead because we're following the science and the data. Forget that they aren't following their own data regarding this mask mandate. They're following the science and the data. And everybody else should be doing the same thing. Right. But now he's basically saying, forget all that stuff and how good we are. We need to go backwards. And not all the places are going backwards in this terms of these mask mandates. Yeah. New York state is because you have an unelected governor. Uh, who was even farther left than Andrew Cuomo. Uh, and she's not really accountable to the people, so it's not likely she's going to even run for election. Um, I think that's one of the only states that went backwards in terms of putting the mass mandate in place. And I know probably some other East Coast states probably want to go back to mass. Um, oh, however, Colorado, and a lot of people have pointed this out, the, the Democrat governor there is running for re-election. So I guess he's trying to play the libertarian card when he's not really a libertarian, but he's trying to play that like purple libertarian um, by saying, well, the government doesn't have any right to tell you what to do, even though he spent a better part of 2020 and 2021 telling people what to do and what to wear on their face. Now, all of a sudden, he had this like coming to Jesus moment where he goes, well, the government shouldn't be telling you what to do anyway. And there's no state of emergency, Um, most likely because he's just running for for reelection. So. To contradict himself, to go from last week where he's on his book tour, and this is where I'm saying he he kind of shot himself in the foot and sabotaged his own victory a lot because he was doing, <coughs> excuse me, he was doing this book tour. He was going all over. He was patting himself on the back and everyone was like, oh, you know, Newsom, you're doing such a great job. We love you. You're fantastic. You know, you're, you're definitely not like that evil Trump. You're, you're quite the opposite. And then people are kind of going, well, you know, even on The View, they're like, so you're going to run for president, which is an odd question to ask because Joe Biden's not even out of his first year yet. And they're already asking Gavin Newsom if he's running for president. Does that mean do they know something we don't know that Joe Biden's not likely going to run for president in 2024 or that they know he's doing so poorly that he's probably not going to run for president? Um, so they need somebody else to run, even though I don't think Gavin Newsom's ever going to win presidency of I don't think he, he he can't. There's no electoral map where Gavin Newsom wins. Um, he could have just kept going on this victory lap. 
He could have really just gone on this victory lap. He could have kept his hands off. He could have, he talked a lot about localism. He talked a lot about how counties and cities were really taking the lead on stuff with what they needed to do. And, you know, every county is different and every county is doing it. So, um, he, he could have just continued on that path. He could have just continued where he could have just said, look, I got us through the pandemic. Look at the great job I did. We did all this. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm governing California sort of like I would govern the United States of America where I'm letting counties figure it out as if they were on my own little states and, uh, we're doing great. And, and, you know, the positivity is low. We don't really see any need to go backwards. Um, and he said last week, I don't really see any need for mandates at this point. Five days later, he changes his mind, I guess. Um, and he could have just rode that gravy train all the way through to 2022 and then possibly beyond when he wanted to run for president. But now going backwards, I think really hurts him. And I think it really shoots himself in the foot. Uh, let me know in the comments if you agree with me about this. But I think it really shows that either he doesn't have a handle on it or he just can't help himself. That he just feels like. I have to do something. I have to be aggressive on this. And I have to show that I'm first in the nation, that I really care about this. Um, and even more terrifying is that if we're going backwards to a mask mandate. You know, for darn well sure that by next month, when the legislative session comes back into session, they are definitely going to be implementing private employees and pli private employers have to start requiring people to get vaccinated. So that's why I think he's really shot himself in the foot on that sense here. I got to get this notification out of the way. Um, and he could have just let, let it go. And he could have also done this in the beginning. He could have just let California as a state say, we're big. We're brought some of these counties are enormous. Like, I mean, they span over thousands and thousands of acres of land um, so I'm just going to let them figure it out on their own and really do their own thing. Um, and really govern as like a president, like, but you know, let them figure it out. I'll give them the resources. I'll give them guidance, but I'm not going to do, uh, I'm not going to really do it at a state level. He could have just done that for all of 2020 and 2021. And he probably would have came out better politically because people wouldn't really be that worried about, it. but I think he shot himself in the foot. And I think by going backwards, it sends a message to a lot of people who may have been on the fence, who may have not politically been, uh, who were just kind of like following along. They didn't really care. Now, all of a sudden, I think those people who you didn't get in 2020 and 2021 uh, are now who were not really engaged, like people like us who were sitting here on a Wednesday morning chatting about California politics. Uh I think a lot of those people are going to say, wake up and go, wait a second. What's going on here? We're going backwards. That doesn't make any sense. I thought we did everything we were supposed to. And it may be enough to get those people who are not really crazy or really what crazy about what's happening here in California to all of a sudden get involved and feel like, I think I need to get involved in politics. I need to figure out what's going on. Um, in other news, uh, because, you know, there's no favor that Newsom doesn't lo love to hand out. Uh, San Francisco is exempt. Just throwing that out there. San Francisco as a city is exempt from this mask mandate. 
That's right. Let me say that again. San Francisco is exempt from the mask mandate because in their words, San Francisco is doing such a fantastic job with their mask mandate because they already have a mask mandate in place that they don't want to make it seem like they're going backwards in San Francisco. All the work that they've done to get where they are, they don't want to make it seem like in San Francisco that they're going backwards. Now, odd that San Francisco is the only city out of all of them that is, as a city, exempt from the, the statewide mask mandate. Um, it does. People are saying it doesn't make sense. It makes complete sense. I mean, because he's from San Francisco. Auntie Pelosi's from San Francisco. And they can say we're doing such a good job. Now, in San Francisco, there's certain areas where you don't have to wear masks indoors. I think they still do the vaccine passport and all that. Um, so it, it, let's just say it's not like they're getting a free pass in San Francisco and they don't have to do anything. They still have to suffer under a lot of mandates and restrictions and regulations. Uh, but the fact that it gets exempt kind of does say something weird. Does L.A. get exempt? L.A. has a mass mandate, right? So why, you know, and they have a vaccine passport. So why is L.A. not exempt from it? What if you're and what if you're in a city that has a high vaccination rate? You don't get rewarded for this. Um, so that's that's the bottom line is that people who felt like they did what they were supposed to. The, the carrot was sort of dangled in front of their face of, well, if you're good and you get vaccinated, everything will go back to normal. We can get back to normalcy. Now they're changing their tune they're saying well we, it doesn't matter even if you're fully vaxxed and you got three shots and you got your booster um we're still going backwards and you still have to put the mask back on which a lot of people are going to be pissed about a lot of people are going to be pissed that they follow the rules and now they have to go backwards now they feel like they didn't get to they, they didn't do everything they were supposed to again there'll be some people who will gladly put it back on there's some people who probably think that we should always be in mass that we should never ever take them off um and that we should be in mass for the rest of our lives. But those people have always existed. Those crazy statists have always existed. They just now have a platform and an avenue to really get that frustration out and get that idea out. So that's my commentary for the morning. Um, I'll now open up if anybody has any comments or questions or anything people want to say or anything people want to add. Um, Get a full half an hour because this is the last coffee in California politics of the year. Um, so before I sign off, before I forget, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. Um, whatever you celebrate, obviously. Um, I think Hanukkah is, is Hanukkah over. I think Hanukkah already passed. Um, but happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year. Um, see you in the new year. Uh, as an announcement... For everybody who's on here in January, there is going to be two events, right? And I'm going to give you a sneak peek. You're going to be the first ones to hear it before I even post about this. Uh, there will be first, there's going to be the Tamika Hamilton event that's coming up in January on the 21st. I believe it's a Friday night here in San Diego at the Flamingo Deck uh, in Mission Beach. Um, so hopefully by you know the 21st, we're supposed to be out of the mask mandate so we can kind of get past that. Uh, but I'll be co-hosting with the San Diego Young Republicans um, in Public Square, which is a business site for business directory. 
Uh, we're going to be putting it on for uh, Tamika Hamilton. Tamika's a fantastic candidate, one of the smartest, uh, most honest candidates uh, that I know. So I'm, I'm excited and honored to be a part of helping her uh, with her race for Congress. A lot of this stuff, there's going to be a lot of stuff in 2022. We're going to start taking a lot of action. Next year is going to be a lot of action uh, because I think we need to get more involved in this stuff. Uh, so that event's happening on the 21st. I already posted about that one. So you can see the details on that on my Instagram page. You, you can go and see like how to RSVP, how to get in, involved, how to how to get to the event. Um, so and I don't want to tease if there might be any special guests, but I'm going to tease that there might be some special guests um, that you may want to you may want to be there for. Um, so it'll, it's exciting. It's the first event that California Underground's really being a part of. And then shortly after that, breaking news, uh, there will be another event for California Underground. It will be a meetup in downtown San Diego uh, at Naughty Barrel. We're going to do the first Calipublican event. We're going to do the first Calipublican meetup. Uh, I've talked about the Calipublican platform, what, what we could do with it, what our goal with it is. Um, if you don't really know, if you're new here and you have no idea what the heck I'm talking about, what the hell's a Calipublican, uh, you can go back. There's, there's some things about Calipublican. Um, I've talked about, I've written about, it's this idea that we need to radically change the Republican party. And the only way to do that in California is you have to do it from the grassroots. Um, and it requires us to have a Republican party that is actually interested in reforming California, fixing California. Um, looking at all the things that are wrong with California and giving positive solutions to it and not just sitting back and going, well, the only way to get through this is if we tax lower and we do X, Y, and Z, you know, the same old Republican mantra. And I've said this before, and I'll say this again for all the new people. Um, you can't have the same Republican that works in Nebraska or Texas that works here in California. It just doesn't work that way. And there needs to be a better representation and a better acknowledgement of the people here in California who are looking for a better solution. And one of the things that always boggles my mind is that we have 25% of people who are no party preference, meaning they don't like Democrats and they don't like Republicans. So there's a lot of people out there who are looking for a better solution. Millions of votes out there that people are looking for a better solution. And so the idea of the Calipublican platform is a platform that is interested in real solutions, not complaining, progressing, you know, solutions that are truly progressive in the sense of it will progress our society forward for the better, whether it's economically, educationally, looking at ways, new ways of doing things, new ways of solving things. I know a lot of people are going to be like progressive. Oh no, progressive. Um, reality Republicans used to actually be the progressive party back at the turn of the century. If you read up on like Teddy Roosevelt and all that, uh, they were the progressive party. They actually looked at making the society progress you know, that root word progress, meaning we're moving forward, not backwards. And I would love to argue with anybody who thinks that California is moving forward, not backwards. Um, and so that's the idea. Uh, there'll be more information on that. That will be happening January 25th. It's a Tuesday night. It'll be downtown at 630 at Naughty Barrel. Uh, there'll be more information on how you can RSVP, be a part of it. It will be the first Calipublican, California Underground, a meetup event. Somebody asked on the last live if there's going to be meetups coming up next year. 
So this will be the first meetup where we're actually going to meet up. We're going to chat. 90 Barrel's an awesome place. Um, strong, conservative owner, I believe. Uh, also, as a personal bias, he runs a Giants bar. And as a big New York Giants fan, uh, I love that bar. Uh, so it's a, it's a great bar. They make their own beer. Food's fantastic as well. So keep an eye out for that post about it. And we're going to learn more about the Cal Publican platform and what we're going to do and how we're going to change things here in San Diego. And we're going to start here in San Diego. And then if it works here in San Diego, we're going to teach people how to do it in other counties. And we'll move up the coast. We'll go to Orange County. We'll go to LA County. We'll do any other county that wants to really do it. But it's really about action next year. It's about action and getting people involved, getting all these voices heard and, and trying to find a better way for California and a newer way for California to move forward and not just be stuck in this dichotomy of you're a Democrat and you vote for this all the time and you're a Republican and you just sit there and complain all the time. At least if you're the California GOP, that's all you do is sit and complain all the time. You never answer or, or have any answers at all about what you want to do. Um, People are already commenting, San Bernardino County, Ventura County. Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to get there. Believe me, if it works here in San Diego, and the goal is because you have to change the party sort of from the inside out. You're not going to do it from the outside in. You got to do it from the inside out. And you have to be kind of methodical on how you do it and how you get it done. Um, but of course, if it takes off like wildfire and then all of a sudden everybody wants to be a part of it, and it's a new political movement in California. That's cool too. I mean, I'm not gonna not gonna pump the brakes on that. If it wants to take off and people want to go crazy on it, that's that's fantastic too. Um, all right, so that's my little plug. Keep an eye out. I've already posted about January 21st. I'll be there, Tamika Hamilton. Um, and then oh, also thank you to everyone who's who's purchasing the new merchandise, uh, the Elites Hate You sweatshirt, uh, the new mug. So if you just purchased the new mug, this is what it looks like. The new California underground mug. That is now my new favorite go-to mug. You can view, view all the products. I'm also wearing the noodle shirt. Um, and they make good, uh, you know, they make, I'm just going to say, put it out there. They make good Christmas gifts for people who are into California politics, um, who may be a fan. I'll drive from LA to San Diego for the event with Tamika. Yeah. Come on down. Oh, we want to pack it. We want to blow them away. Uh, there's one person I think we really need to support. Tamika's fantastic. So there'll be other events. There'll be other events where we can, uh, we're going to be co-hosting. Does Calipublican have social media accounts? Not yet. Um, I think the plan is we're going to see sort of the response on, um, we're going to see the response on that date on January 24th, I keep mixing up 25th, uh, Tuesday, the 25th, we're going to see like what, what kind of, uh, because I, you know, I run this page and I, I do a lot with the podcast and stuff like that. I'm going to see who, like who's involved, who we can get. And if there's a big amount of people who are like, Hey, this is fantastic. Let's do this. Might be a good idea. Maybe we get it set up before the event. Now you've given me an idea. We should probably set up Cal Publican before the event. So that way, when people are like, where can I kind of tune in and get more information? Um, we can do it there. So now you're giving me a good idea. I should probably be setting all this stuff up so we can get an email list going and all that stuff and really go for the Cal Publican thing. But yeah, it's uh, 
you can look back on the past. There's you'll see it. There's a post way in the yeah. If you scroll down, it'll say proud Cal Republican, um, and it'll talk about sort of the initial platform ideas. And we've been going over platform. We've been going over ideas of what to kind of include in the platform. What are solutions we want to go after? Um, and they're realistic. They're realistic because we have to look at what's going on in California and say, what can we do here and what can we change? Um, and that's really, that's how we're going to have to organize. And you're going to have to say, uh, you can all share information. Yeah, uh, this is great. That's sort of the, why we're working together with this page and the Cal Publican platform is to really boost the Cal Publican platform. And it may just take a, it may take a mind of its own. You know, I, it, it, this is something that came to me um, because I was tired of listening to the, the current Republican Party just kind of in in my parents words, like, you know, piss and moan about problems. They never offer a solution. They never say like, hey, let's try and push this solution. That's probably why people don't vote for Republicans is because in this state, they don't really offer a lot of solutions. Um, and there's a lot of great ideas that could be put forth. You know, I think there's a lot of great ideas for the 21st century that could be put forth. Um, and I think so. That's basically uh, that's basically that. There'll be more information. I know people are now. I, I'm, I'm happy to see a lot of people are very excited about it. We'll definitely get the social set up. We'll get an email set up as well. Um, but that's that's the goal. That's the goal is to kind of create a new at least California Republican Party. Um, a lot of people will say, well, why do you want to work in the Republican Party? Because they got the infrastructure. Why not? So, and there's a lot of things I think they could do in the right way. Um, and there's been no opposition party. There's been no one figuring out how to put a platform together. And I think we have a small window right now. And I think, you know, in a weird way, thank you to Gavin Newsom for reopening the whole mass mandate thing because I think people all of a sudden got reminded of how bad Gavin Newsom is and how totalitarian and statist he is. So thank you for reigniting that passion because for a while I think people were just kind of going about their lives. There's a lot of people really interested in what's going on in California politics right now and we really got to capture that that interest and that passion. Um, so you'll hear more about it. Anyway, uh, that's it. So put those two dates down the 21st, come meet Tamika Hamilton. Um, I'm excited. It's the first time I actually will be meeting Tamika in person. Uh, we've talked a lot and we've been on each other's programs and lives and stuff like that. So it'll be the first time we meet in person. Um, and you can support a fantastic candidate who is very, very close to flipping a seat, an actual seat, you know, flipping an actual democratic blue seat that people thought was safe. But she figured out, and this is why, you know, I love Tamika Hamilton. She's very smart. She talks about this is the way that Republicans have to flip seats in California. And, you know, when she wins, because she was very close last time, I feel like she's going to really come over this time. She could set out the blueprint for how do more Republicans win in the state of California. Um, so that event and then the Cal Republican event at Naughty Barrel on the 25th. All right, so about 20 minutes left. If anybody has any comments or questions or stuff they want to chat about, because the point of coffee in California politics is to sit and chat 
and talk about stuff that maybe some people want to talk about or they have some comments or questions about. So as I take a sip from my my mug for coffee. Uh, Ventura County is pushing to renewal of legislation to combat rising crime rates. Yeah, if you didn't tune in last night, uh, I had one of my colleagues on who was a former prosecutor in the Bay Area. And she talked a lot about how prosecutors are, they really basically have their hands tied when it comes to trying to enforce justice or any sort of punishment uh, here in California. And I would I would tell you, go take a listen to that. Um, the audio should be up soon. It's on YouTube as well. Uh, but that's really the issue. You hear Newsom talk a lot about, well, we just need to prosecute more and we need to arrest more. And that's really what it's a, it's a question of prosecution and arrest. Um, that's not really the issue. The issue is that there are a lot of laws on the books that are not conducive to punishing for crimes. And we go over it in the podcast. We've done it. This is the second time because it's such a big deal. Um, the laws need to be rewritten. That's the bottom line. Laws need to be rewritten. There needs to be a hard line in the sand of like, we need to get rid of a lot of these things. We need to get rid of so much leniency when it comes to pretrial diversion. Um, and a lot of these issues that are really contributing to the issues we're seeing now. Um, so that's really where it comes down to. A lot of people are saying, well, it's the prosecution, it's the arrest, and we're not getting enough of either. That's not really the case. That's not really the case. Um, the laws need to be changed. And again, if that's part of somebody's platform that says we need stronger criminal justice, of course, they're going to flip it around and say it's racist, but that's when you start to work on getting better arguments and you believe in your position and you don't just run away every time someone calls you racist. Uh, someone had asked, what do you think about, uh, I can't find it. Wow. So many comments, a lot of people join in. I think I'm being shadowed. I, I don't know what it is because I see a lot of people join in, but I don't see like the number doesn't ever go up. So I don't know why there's other people joining. What are your thoughts on Ellis? So the Los Angeles school district to postpone vaccination until school next year. Um, it's a win. It's definitely a win. You got to take your wins whenever you can get them. And especially in this case, in LA, this wasn't like in Riverside or something like that. This is LA County. So uh, what do they say? It's like the second biggest school district in all of California that suspended it. Um that's a big deal for them to kind of, and it, I think it's, it's a win because it shows if you push back enough and kind of bring it full circle to what I was talking about with this whole mass mandate. If you just kind of say, if you just say no, if you just say no to these statists and these politicians and go, no, we're not going to comply and we're not going to listen to you. Things happen because they kind of go, Oh, crap. Well, we don't really don't have any other recourse. Like they could say, we're going to mandate for this many. We're going to mandate um, and have these many thousand students have to get it. Well, 34,000 students said we're not getting it. And they were in trouble of being booted from school. And that's a lot of students who would not be in school anymore in Los Angeles and probably have to go somewhere else. 
And I, I kind of hope that, like, you know, I, I kind of hope that in a weird way that these schools kind of keep shooting themselves in the foot and do these idiotic policies because it only bolsters the argument that there should be more school choice and that California should really be on the forefront of innovative schooling because it can't get any worse. California is like one of the last in education. So, and believe me, there's a lot of money spent on public education in California and we are not seeing the results of it. So, um, but I think we could definitely be on the forefront of school choice and there is a school choice ballot or a proposition coming up next year. So make sure you stay tuned for that and keep an eye out. Uh, yeah, someone brought up the school union has too much control. That is for darn sure. Yeah, the school union has way too much control. Um, as we saw last year when they were negotiating, like why, uh, like why wouldn't they want to go back? Is because they wanted like all new air and and ventilation systems and all this stuff. And you know they're talking about billions of dollars in in upgrades that would have taken months to complete. And just ridiculous sort of ridiculous sort of demands to hold your kids hostage. Um, so they have a lot of power. That is for darn sure. They do have way too much power. Teachers unions have a lot of power across this country. It's not just California. New Jersey has one of the strongest teachers unions. And they really dictate a lot of how policy goes. And like most unions... The only thing they really care about, it's not really your kids. They don't really care about your kids. It's whether or not they get money, right? That's what it comes down to is that's what they really care about. They really care about, are we going to get more money? Are we going to get our benefits? Are we going to get our bennies and our gibs? Like that's all they care about. Um, so while they say we're unionized because we want to do X, Y, and Z, we want to protect our citizens, um, it really isn't about that. So they lobby with ridiculous amounts of money for policy. It doesn't have anything to do with education. Yeah. Again, unions, I think a lot of them have run their course. Um, and I remember in my younger days when I was a young, impressionable Democrat, I had an argument with a, a small business owner. Um, and he was talking to me about how unions really have run their course. And I thought to myself, you know, as a young Democrat, no, they haven't. Unions are very important. We should keep unions. And the more I've learned about unions and the more I've seen the devastating effects of unions, I've realized that today's unions are not as, um, they, they don't really meet the goals of what they previously were started for. Um, sometimes it helps. Sometimes it helps when, with collective bargaining, like you have to negotiate with the union. But union bosses really only care about one thing, which is power and money. And the more power and money they make, I mean, you can have a really good living if you're a union president. That's all I got to say. Once you're a union president or and you run a union, whew, like a big union, like New York Police Department or something like that, you're doing pretty well for yourself, um, which is kind of antithetical of the point of a union. Like the point of a union isn't to enrich the people at the top. The point is to help the people that you're unionizing and you're representing. So you've become the thing that you hate, which is. You're the power all concentrated, the power and money's all concentrated at the top, but you're not really representing the people anyway. So, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think unions have lost a lot of their, their reasoning, especially in today's society in America. 
in a state like California that is so, so, so employee friendly, there really is no reason for unions anymore because a lot of employee rights are already protected vehemently by a lot of the laws and regulations. So it's not like 150 years ago where you were sending kids into coal mines and there was, you know, they were asking people to work 12 hours a day with no breaks. It's definitely not like that anymore. And that was the point of unions, why they really started. Uh, But now they're like, now they're just abusing unions. So that's my philosophy. California is tough to business as a business owner. Oh yeah. Yeah. California is not easy. It's definitely not business friendly. Um, And I've always said California does well economically despite its politics. And that's because California is blessed with the beautiful coast, the agriculture and all that stuff. But California could become an absolute powerhouse if it really unshackled agriculture, if it really unshackled manufacturing, if it really unshackled the energy grid. California would be a utopia. It would it could be the shining the the shining city up on the hill, you know what they say? Um it could be the shining example on the hill that people want to go to California and say got to go to California because that's where all the opportunity is. That's how it used to be. That was so embedded in our culture that it was this go west young man mentality of like that's where you find your riches and your opportunities if you go to California. That's where you want to go because that's where the land of opportunity is. People certainly don't come to California anymore because it's the land of opportunity. Um people are leaving for other states that have more opportunities. And I think that's bringing it back to the Cal Republican thing. I think that's something that you have to really focus on is that California does well or does all right, despite its own politics. In reality, we should be putting forth a platform that says, if you think the economy is doing great now, if you think a California economy is doing now well now, imagine a California economy with a thriving agricultural society, uh, uh, industry where we provide food for not only the United States, but like all over the world. Think about if we figure out our water issues so that we can learn how to, one, recycle water. Um, we, we figure out whether we have to do salt water or what do they call it? Desalination. If we have to do that in emergencies, we have plenty of those ready to go. Um, whether we learn how to trap all this water, whether we increase the amount of reservoir space we have so we can save. Should we have water sh- stored up for more than two years? Because right now it's just two years. I think it should be stored up for like five years, if not longer. So California never runs out of water. Um, should we welcome manufacturing people who want to manufacture the products for the 21st century? Should we be welcoming those kind of businesses in and say like, hey, you have a product for the 21st century? Let's go. Let's do this. Come on in. This is the place you want to be. Um, should we be really focusing on an all above energy strategy? Sure. Can we say we want to do solar and wind and water, but then add in something like nuclear? Because even the I think it's the Secretary of Energy uh, for Biden's own administration urged California not to take one of the nuclear plants offline because it's eh, maybe you want to hold on to that one for a while. Maybe maybe we're not quite there at the green energy yet. Um, so, yeah, tourism is. But California does well because of tourism. Imagine if California, if these policies where now let's let's take California instead of it being on the West Coast with all the beautiful weather and stuff like that and the, the the landscape. Imagine you just kind of flipped California up and put it like on the Canadian border 
where like North Dakota is. And right now where it's like, I don't know, 20 below and it's snowing. Do you think California would be thriving because of it's California and their policies? No, it wouldn't be thriving because of its policies. No one would want to go there. No one would want to do anything. The fact California still thrives is because people want to be here. Um, you know, there's still a lot of places, nice places to live. There's, it's still an idyllic kind of lifestyle to live in California. A lot of people come here and they want to live here. So I always say like, if you put California, if you took away all the nice things, like the weather and the coastline and all that stuff, and you made it like North Dakota, nothing against North Dakota. I'm sure North North Dakota is killing it with, with oil because they're not afraid of it. Um, but if you put it in an area like North Dakota where it's cold and there's landlocked and all that stuff, I don't think California would be doing as well. I think California would probably be even more of a third world country than it's already on its way to becoming. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know where we got off on that. Tangent. Somebody said it's tough to do business in California. I think California needs to really focus on becoming more of more of a the shining hill on the sea full of opportunity for everybody. And, you know, you, you got to kind of really talk about it that way that it's opportunity for everybody and that for too long, a lot of policies in California have really hurt the lower and lower middle classes of our state and that a lot of our policies that are supposed to bring everybody up and raise everybody up and, and all that stuff in the end doesn't really help anybody. Um, so. That's something I think that really needs to be hit hard is that you need to directly point to this policy has hurt these people. And our platform looks to lift everybody up so that everybody can be prosperous. Everybody who comes here to California, um, you know, you're seeing it already. You see it with the gas tax. You see it with the tax per mile, which they want to try and roll out, which they're now backing off of because they got so much grief for it. But who does that hurt the most? It hurts people who can't afford to do and live in California anymore because of you're getting taxed to death on this stuff. You're taxed and feed all the way out of, out the door. Um, so that's my philosophy. Um, a rising tide lifts all boats. That's one of my favorite sayings is that a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, excuse me. All right. We've got about... Six or seven minutes left before I got to hop off. Any other final comments or questions for the last coffee in California politics of the year for 2021? Um, it's been a certainly a roller coaster year. Uh, we've been up, we've been down. And everybody who's new and who's jumped on and who has found out about this platform and shared this platform, obviously, I thank you. Uh, thank you so much. This is why I keep doing this is because I find new people and I, it's been great connecting with people um, and just talking to people. It really is. It's, it's, it's really great. And that was the point of this platform is the point of the platform was for people who feel like they're not heard in California. This is your platform. This is where you can go and you can connect with other people and you can connect with me and you can say like, look, there's other people in California who believe like, um, who believe like I do, where am I going? I'm not going anywhere. I'm just saying, you know, the holidays coming up, uh, <coughs> it'll be the last, it'll be the last coffee in California politics. I'll be traveling, seeing family and stuff like that. But, um, so the mass mandate really a mandate or a requirement by the department of health, which is not enforceable. Yeah. I, I, I'm 
we're trying to really kind of nail that down. They kind of put it out there in this gray area because it wasn't an executive order from the governor. It just came from like the agency. But as far as I know, there really is no enforcement mechanism. And Dr. Mark Gailey, Galley, is that how you pronounce his name? The, the head of the Department of Health basically said, like, this is the honor system. Like, we don't really have anything to enforce this. And to be honest, I don't think in a month, I don't think in a month they're really going to ramp up enforcement. I think we'll get through the holidays. It'll be the 15th. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, at first, I thought it wasn't going to end on the 15th, but I think it's going to end on the 15th. Don't forget, we have the Super Bowl coming up, so I don't know if Newsom wants uh, everyone to be in mass at that time. Um, but it's L.A. County, so the, they might be in mass anyway. I don't know. You know, for a state that's so worried about for it has the Rose Bowl, the Oscars, the Super Bowl. Um, it's funny that we're going backwards and. And a governor who was gone for 12 days, went to Mexico, uh, went on a book tour. All of a sudden, now he's really worried about it. Uh, somebody asked, what's the deal with the bacon price increase due to regulations and generator ban? Um, yeah, so the thing with the generators is I think they're, they're trying to outlaw like gas-powered motors over the course of how many years. Uh, so it was like lawnmowers and stuff like that, which again... That is a perfect example of how it hurts uh, a lot of working class people. There's a lot of working class people who rely on working as landscapers or owning landscaping businesses, especially in California, where there's a lot of people who pay good money for landscaping. Uh, forcing them to now all of a sudden shell out thousands and thousands of dollars for new equipment that they may not be able to afford and could essentially put them out of business. So while they think that's a great idea, it ends up hurting a lot more people than it really helps. Um, with the bacon, I, I remember reading this proposition that people voted on um, last year. Something about there's going to be more regulations about farming or agriculture and stuff like that. And again, unshackle the agriculture industry here in California, which it makes up a lot of California. It's a huge agricultural. Um so again, people just vote for this stuff because of the how they phrase it or how they title it. And then people are like, well, that sounds good. Um, that's something we'll also be doing in 2022. It's one of my favorite things is to go through every proposition leading up to election day so we can kind of go over it. Um, Santa Clara County never lifted the mask mandate. Everyone's masked up. There's some counties that did. Like San Diego County, there has been no mask for a long time. So that's why it's weird to go backwards. Um yeah, the generators are a way to back yourself up from the electrical grid, which in California will eventually fail. That's one thing for sure. We know that. Uh, bacon thing is enough to send me over the edge. <laughs> it's already high enough. Once you mess with someone's bacon, all of a sudden, when you mess with Americans' bacon, whew, forget it. You know, all of a sudden people will be rolling out them, um, you know, like, don't tread on me flags. Like, uh, now all of a sudden, and we're talking about a, Huge revolution. You mess with someone's bacon. I love bacon, so I agree with you. And and the fact that they're going after bacon and stuff like that. Um, all right. Final couple questions, comments before I sign off for the year. I'm going to miss you guys. But don't worry. I'll be I'll be adding stuff and I'll be posting along uh, with all of you. So don't 
I won't be gone for too long. Before you know it, once Christmas is over and all that stuff, don't mess with our kids and our bacon. Yeah. Yeah, two things. Don't mess with kids and don't mess with bacon. That's for sure. You know, any red-blooded Americans, don't mess with their kids and don't mess with their bacon. That's for dang sure. All right. Um, Give you guys one more minute to kind of finish up. If you have any last comments or questions about what's going to happen, again, just want to plug. Uh, again, I just want to plug the events that are coming up. The 21st, Tamika Hamilton. 25th, first Calipublican event. Um, and I think I think that's a good way. To, yeah, we, we need to get Calipublican. Get, we need to get that going. So you've given me something to do maybe this week to get that going or work on over Christmas. Um. Oh, you're very welcome. This is just me talking into a microphone. I've been doing this for years and I'm 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 incredibly lucky and blessed. This has been quite a ride. 2021, I've seen such an enormous growth um to to reach lots of people. I mean, I I got to talk to people I never thought I'd be able to talk to on this platform. Uh the candidates who I talked to during the recall, you know, I got to talk to Kevin Kiley who was a great guest and came on numerous times. Uh, Kevin Faulkner, who was great to come on Anthony Tremino, other candidates like Diego Martinez, a lot of these people who came on um, state assembly people who came on. Um, so I, you know, it's been really fun. Uh, probably the high point was having uh, Candace Owens repost one of my posts. That was mind blowing. Uh, so <laughs> I was, I was actually taken aback actually kind of got a little, I, I, I fanboyed out when Candace Owens retweeted something and kind of did a shout out for me. Um, but I'll be here and we're still going to focus on California politics and it's, it's great talking to people and, and I know it's frustrating, but the more we kind of talk and the more we kind of figure this out, uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll fix California. So sad to discover you so late in the year. Um, don't worry. I'll be here. 2022, 2022 is going to be even more fun. Um, 2022 is going to be fun, uh, because we got the new gut, the noodles is up for another election. Um, so we're going to be following that and who's going to be running. There's going to be a lot of races, <coughs> excuse me. I'll be focusing a lot on, uh, state legislature. So those are the two things. I mean, I'll be doing a little congressional here and there uh, because some of my colleagues are, are running for Congress. But my my real focus is going to be state legislature. We really, really want to focus on state legislature because that's how we're going to stop a lot of the craziness is we got to fix the state legislature. Um, and then we're going to have a bajillion propositions to go over. So there's going to be a lot of stuff to go over in 2022. Election years are always fun. So stay tuned. Always share it with people. Um and, it, you know, if you want to follow the audio podcast, this is always an audio version. So if you miss it, uh, if you miss it, like you jump in um, late or something, you want to get catch the beginning, you can always rewatch the video. But also there's an audio podcast um, that you can listen to. And we do the, the coffee and covering politics and then we do the podcast with somebody. Um, and that's that's basically it. So. Thank you again to everybody. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year. Happy Holidays and all that stuff. And I will see you in January. Later.
you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 